0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Frequency Podcast. It's been uh, a little bit of time since we've talked to you. Um, I'm trying to remember what the last episode we released was. I think it was um, our television friends, the the Mains family that we were talking to last time, officially,
1: um, Reynolds and Kathy I, Mains. Can I tell you something? Yeah. I have no idea. I have no <laughs> idea what the last episode was, and I feel really bad about that, but... I have no recollection, uh, uh, and I don't know if it's because it's been time that, ha- that has passed, probably, or because we do the Amped interviews, which we do on our own, Yeah. and I can't remember if the Maine's family, it seems to me that that one was an Amped interview, because I don't remember being part of that. Right, yeah, I think it was, yeah. Was it Chrissy? Was it Chrissy Nordoff? Was that the last that w- one that we did? Yeah,
0: I think that was the last one where we talked about it, yes, yeah. All right, so I was talking about an amped interview, yeah, you're right, Joe.
1: You're always right no no i'm I'm truly not, <laughs> but I think the people who are listening, those who are left, get the point yeah. <laughs> it's been that they know it's been a little bit
0: now, we should say, um, after you know self deprecating a bit and realizing how how terrible we are at trying to be consistent here, um it's not that we haven't been doing stuff, and actually, Joe was just recently on another podcast called the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast that that you basically brokered the conversation on that, which is so weird because I listened to a little bit of it and we're usually the guys doing a podcast. I'm listening to you and a bunch of people from Texas.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Well, it will be interesting because, you know, cross-promotion. Uh, David Lender, who ran Worship Ministry Catalyst, is in a full-time ministry position and just doesn't have the uh, the bandwidth to carry that forward and he came to you and i and said would you consider taking over and we said yes and then we were like how are we going to make this work Mm -hmm. we have enough trouble getting together for our own podcast so i reached out to uh, gabriel allred who's a longtime friend of frequency and said hey you want to you want to help with this? And he said, yes. Do you mind if I bring along everyone who works for me? <laughs> and, and he kind of did. There's like five of us. And that was just a first episode, episode 201. And we'll see how that goes. We're going to try to do it um, once a month, uh, maybe more frequently if we can. But um, yeah, so I'm, I've worked on that. And I also, uh, I, I'm the editor, um, producer, let's say of The Worship Podcast, which is um, used to be all about worship, but is now the Worship Podcast, they approached me a little over a year ago and asked if I would um, take care of those duties for them. And I said yes. And uh, yeah, so I've got a, a bunch of balls in the air in that regard, but this is home. And I'm really yes. glad. I'm glad to be home. So this is cool. Yeah.
0: And it's it's neat because I think after, I don't know, seven years of doing this, I think it's seven years. Mm.
1: Um, yeah, I think we, so.
0: Yeah, we. Uh, I think we launched officially September 2012. Right. Um, but, you know, when I talk to or interact with different people or worship leaders or, you know, people who frequent the podcast world, they typically know who we are by name but don't really know who we are as people, you know, they'll say, yeah, I've heard of that podcast. It's like one name. It's uh, starts with an F and I'll be like, yeah, frequency. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a really ambiguous name. You know, it's just like frequency FM. Yeah. And uh, they're like, yeah, I've listened (laughs) to a few of those episodes and you know, I've heard some music on it and I've, and this, this review of Lauren Daigle and I'm like, Yeah, thanks. That's actually uh, my friend and I. (laughs) It's just funny funny. to think that, um, you know, after this much time, like the name's just there. But uh, thankfully, we haven't tried to make ourselves into some popular bunch of people because we're just not.
1: That's reality. No. And we're getting less and less popular every year. (laughs) Uh, As my hair disappears, so does... My popularity as an individual. (laughs) Yeah,
0: but the beard's (laughs) really taken over. You know, it's.
1: Yeah, I don't know how much longer that's going to be there. Uh, I say that every time we talk. Yeah. But uh, as I, if I'm honest with myself, this exists primarily because I had put on weight, and and it was a great way to mask that. It's it's the uh, double chin cover up. That's exactly correct. Uh, Actually, I didn't do it for that reason. But I realized that there was an extra benefit because of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, I've dropped 10 pounds in the last uh, two weeks. um, And I'm not sick. So
0: right. You're working (laughs) at it. Yeah.
1: My goal is by the time in July, birthday rolls around, I got to get a new uh, license driver's license. It'll be gone. Because I'll I'll be proud. I'll be proud. <laughs> I'm sorry. I it took us completely off off track. Not like no. we've been on track at well, all yet.
0: I think uh, if people are listening to us this long, they already know who we are and what we're like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, that's right.
0: I got back into doing worship leading in the last uh, few months, and I realized that um, some of my my health issues have impacted me more than I realized because I have acid reflux and. Mm. I struggle with that more recently and uh, probably because I've been working, doing different things and I usually do and renovating my house and stuff and staying up late and not eating at the same times and stuff and, yeah, you know, and drinking coffee and things, but I cannot get through five or six songs. Uh, Last week um, I listened back to our live stream of our, our set list and I literally had to mouth the words of this. We Mm -hmm. know and uh it was it was a realization that it's either a mixture of my age and ability or health reasons and age but age seems to be the common denominator <laughs> i'm just not working yeah. at
1: it as much yeah yeah i you know i, I i'm fortunate that i don't i don't have that uh, that I don't have that as an issue and uh i know that if my voice isn't there i st- it feels like a part of me is missing because i singing is so much about, about, uh, of who I am and my identity and what I enjoy. Yeah. That when those couple times a year when it's gone, that, you know, it just disappears, uh, it w- weirds me out. Yeah. And, uh, I, I think a lot of us who are worship leaders or performers in some regard, that's, that's true. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I'm, I want to, I want to do well when I'm leading, I want to be able to project. So I'm trying to take steps to fix that, but it is a real issue to deal with with singers that overextend their voice or maybe aren't practice enough. Um, it is literally a muscle. You've got to, you've got to work at it. So getting back into, into doing, you know, rehearsal and then a practice and then leading, you know, you're singing 25 songs within a three day period. Um, and I mean like projecting, in the microphone yeah. with a full band, it does take its toll. So it's one thing to consider if you're a worship leader you gotta you gotta rest, drink water, but you also have to work at it.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So that was just an aside because I was dealing with that this week and and thinking a lot about it. And I was just having coffee with a friend who is a, a really good worship leader, and he has to work at it. And uh, you know, the vocal ranges can be affected. So. Anyways, I digress from that. Um, I think we should get right into our interview today, uh, which is with a guy that we know very well in the past, if you follow the podcast. But Joe, why don't you explain?
1: Well, uh, Travis Thrasher, and if you've been hanging out with us for any length of time, you know that he's uh, a frequent guest or has been a guest a number of times. And he's a good friend of ours individually, uh, has his 50th book. It just released last month. It's called American Omens. And the significance of it is not just that it's his 50th book, but it seems like, as he mentions in the interview, this is a book that stands apart from some of the others that he has done for uh, for a number of reasons. And I noticed that like, he has been more engaged in social media uh, about it and promoting it than I've seen him for the last several books. And so I reached out to him and we chatted probably for an hour and a half, mm. maybe longer. And then we chatted a lot. I can also tell you that it took me a while to edit it because we, he and I went off on all these tangents. I uh, I truly, truly need to get better at this. I really, <laughs> I really need to get better at this. Uh, anyway, so we had a great conversation. I will, I want to note about the audio. I started out recording... In my booth upstairs, so the audio was really good, but I had some issues with that, and I needed to move down to my other space, and the recording quality is not as good, so you will hear a distinct difference in the recording quality as you go through. I hope that's not too much of a distraction. Hmm. Travis's is good the whole way through. It's mine that's a little messed up, and thankfully... He's talking 90% of the time.
0: Right. Yes. Well, um, why don't we dive right into the interview that Joe did with Travis Thrasher.
2: Well, I know nothing about this book. Um, I haven't done a, uh, you know, like I haven't even been trying to get fiction published in the last um, three, four years or whatever, just because I, in the traditional way, just because I knew I don't have the sales or the quote unquote brand. So that's why th- this latest book is is kind of interesting because the publisher came to me and they actually came to a bunch of different writers with a premise. Hmm. And I think bas- basically they wanted to get the best idea. Um, so they... It wasn't I didn't know how many authors they contacted, but it was one of these things where it was basically kind of like a a contest or where, you know, um, the best idea wins out. Interesting.
1: Yeah. So you were like invited to a contest to say, okay, here's here's the pitch. And you you respond with how you would approach that.
2: Yeah. And then if you
1: win, you get to write the
2: book. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was in and, and they didn't they said that they were um, sending it out to other writers. I mean, all it was, it was like 2000 fall of 2016. And I got an email from um, one of the editors at Multnomah Waterbrook. And I, mm-hmm. I've known her for years, but it was it was like, hey, we're reaching out to different writers. And it was um, the they, they had the premise which, but it was very open-ended. I mean, it was like premise a series of books uh, about the persecuted church, you know, in the near future. But they didn't give much. I mean, they wanted the authors to come up with different storylines, but they never even mentioned the word like a contest or this and that. But what happened was it was like, instead of an idea being organic and kind of starting to emerge, it was like here, here's a premise, go and, and think and give me something in a week. Um, so I, I, I was one of the finalists, uh, like in terms of, they had, again, I don't know how many authors, but they had a handful where I think they liked the ideas. And then they actually said, we'll give you a little money for writing a few chapters in a more detailed proposal, which yeah. is great. Yeah. I was like, okay, and, sure. but I realized the opportunity, um, it's not just a job, but it also, it's a novel being published a, by me, you know, like b- by a traditional publisher, but it's, um, you know, it's not co-written or it's not a novelization. You know, it's, it's one of these that's, it's hundred percent me. Yeah. Um, so I was just like, wow, this is really cool. Um, and it ended up happening. I mean, it wasn't a series. I, I designed it as at least a three book series and we just did the one book. Um, so it really is, it is a standalone book, but obviously it ends in a way where, okay, of course this could be, right. This could could be another left behind series where, um, <laughs> if there's enough of an interest, the cool thing would be for it to be a series. So, um, so we'll see
1: the title American Omen is so provocative and yes. uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, there's a heaviness to it. And then there's, you know, considering the, the, let's call it the climate that we currently yes. exist in. It's like, yeah. Oh, well,
2: what's that about? It was originally, I, uh, I originally called it omens. And of course, you know, the, uh, the famous horror movie, Omen, um, but that's a lot of people. I think that that's so old that not everybody would think that. But I I like their suggestion of changing it to American Omens. Um, and and again, you know, when this was pitched, um, this was leading up to this was a fall of two thousand sixteen. So it was Trump and Clinton, and you know, most of the country I think pretty much believed that Clinton was going to be president. I mean, yep, even people yep. that wanted Trump. And so in, and, in, and, and this sort of premise was coming from New York, as far as, um, the people in New York, uh, publishing, they saw the divisiveness in 2016. I mean, it's only gotten worse, yeah. but they saw, like, I remember, you know, I mean, they, they, I think they were saying, okay, here's a big, a large segment of people that this sort of book or series could appeal to. Um, And I, I really tried to not make it political, but like every single interview I've been doing, you know, it goes on to the political thing. Um, And I don't know if there's a way for it not to be, because, you know, if you're talking America and, you know, and Christianity being outlawed or in, in even subtle ways or so, you have to kind of talk a little politics, I think, but it's so easy for them. I think that's why people are um, more interested about talking about it because they're, they're like bringing up issues of this is happening in our country now. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so it's interesting, but like, I'm the last person to um, I'm, I'm not one of those. I've never been political person. I am now, but I'm, I'm, I'm not the guy to go on Fox (laughs) news and talk about politics. I'm just, I'm not polished and articulate enough. I mean, that's why I write, you know.
1: Yeah, but it gives you time but, to prepare and to put the words yeah. exactly like you want them out there. Yes. So, so what was the pitch that you made? I mean, you, you, the premise then
2: is, the, yeah, it's it's like the the they had said the like um, imagining a persecuted church where yeah. Christianity is is outlawed and 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 one of the things they really were looking for was. A, a big cast of characters. Now, of course that works, especially when you have a series, but, um, you know, I, I don't, what I pitched, I mean, the, the, the thing of it being, okay, it's, uh, 2038. Okay. So it's like basically about 20 years from now. And I, um, I first imagined, I mean, I changed it. Uh, one of the big plot lines was changed because I imagined, uh, this group of people warning specifically the Chicago area that God's going to be his coming judgment is yeah. about to occur almost like a Sodom and Gomorrah type thing. Yeah, And, um, and initially I wrote it where Chicago at the end of the book is, is destroyed. I mean, it's leveled. It's, it's wow. off the face yeah. of this earth. Um, I changed that after, you know, the editors and we were looking and we were like, we don't think this works. And what's this even say about God and the nature of, I mean, there are a lot of issues with that, but, um, I really kind of morphed a bunch of stuff, which was stuff, you know, that's inside of me, stuff that's interesting storylines. I, I had like a, to be honest, I've always wanted to, ever since the movie came out, I've always wanted to, this sounds crazy, but you know, you've talked to me, so you, it's not going to sound crazy to you. <laughs> um, but I've always wanted to do a Christian version of fight club uh, no joke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, where, you know, in that movie, it's interesting cause there's the big twist and it's about, you know, the, the two characters, but really I wanted to do it where this one guy kind of going through a funk and stuff is approached by another person. And basically that person is on a mission. I mean, he's basically a modern day prophet. He's on fire for God, but he's doing things in a very unconventional way. And, um, so that, what that idea for a story was one of these things I've, I've had for many years. And that was, I was able to weave that in there in a very natural way. It was like, I was forced to do that. Um, and then, you know, I love like Blade Runner, for instance. I mean, I love the original Blade Runner. Yeah, I love, um, the, the, the other one that came out, um, 2049, I think it was, of course, if this is a near future, and so it's futuristic, I, I really wove my love of those movies and storylines. And, um, you know, I even have, I have a guy who's sort of a, he's a quote unquote FBI agent, but in the book, his, he is really an assassin that is killing high um, high profile or influential Christians, Wow. but he's, he's doing it, of course, you know, in secret, in secrecy, what happened was I, I pitched here's, here's characters and this is the storyline. And then as they wanted a bigger and more, you know, um, detailed proposal, I put more in it. But while I was writing, it, it seemed like I was still trying to figure out the core of okay, you know, so what is a story for me and why am I doing it? Um, so it was a different way of writing a novel in terms of how it usually, the idea comes and then... You have this dystopian pitch and all these characters,
1: assassins, Christianity is, uh, is to the point where, if I, if I heard correctly... Yeah. <laughs> it's at the point where people uh, the the idea of being a, like a functioning public Christian is
2: really off the table. Yeah, like like an authentic Christian, somebody who is saying Jesus Christ is the only way. I mean the 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 gospel is offensive to people who um, don't share that faith because you're saying this. Is, there's only one way. And and so um, in the hot, you know, there there are certain hot buttons where it's like, okay, this is this is the line in the sand. And and, um, what if the the very idea of having a bookstore and you're putting Christian books in it um, like Christian classics, what I imagine is is not. People in the military coming and shutting it down and all that sort of stuff, but being oppressed and being um, uh, eventually being forced to shut down because of that, because you are standing up for your faith. But I I see it being done in a lot more subtle ways. And even like laws, I mean, there, you know, when I started looking into this whole thing of, uh, you know, I I talk a lot about hate speech. uh, what does that look like? And, you know, when Mark Zuckerberg, when he was before Congress, he said, you know, there's no place on Facebook for um, hate speech and and things that, um, you know, make people feel unsafe. Well, I know threatening somebody with violence and stuff like that, that's an obvious thing. But nowadays, when You can talk talk about, well, this is what I believe, this is what I view. Slowly and surely, if this happened here, and what if this happened here? What if technology was to be able to do this? It's all these sort of what-ifs, but there are a lot of bad what-ifs. But but I imagine, like, even now, like, what if all of a sudden Amazon started to say, you know what, Christian books and um, books by christians that are very much speaking the gospel you know these things are offensive they have no place on amazon well amazon basically sells a majority of the books in this country so what if they all of a sudden just decided to remove all those you know these are things that i get into because again i'm imagining a future world where this is happening um but it's not that far fetched to imagine some of those things happening you know i mean there are... it's not a big it's not a big step away from where from where we're
1: at yeah uh, at this point it's it's very it's very difficult to have a conversation whether you're talking to somebody who's right or left or or wherever they are and to not step on a landmine that you didn't even know existed and i don't think you're saying this is Christianity is is a is being victimized or anything, but it's no the natural. It, it's like a natural step where, hey, I, you can rationally get there without being uh, any
2: kind of convolution. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the this isn't a you know I mentioned left behind a little while ago. This this isn't an end times novel about rapture and this and that. But at the same time, the the Bible, I believe, the Bible says that it's only going to continue to get worse for Christians on this earth, and so could a revival happen in America? Um, I mean, I I think that is highly, highly unlikely. But God can do anything, and yeah. um, and and so you know that as I was writing this, um, the whole thing for me, it. Um, I kept thinking about the word urgency and I applied yeah. it to the characters, but I kept looking at myself um, and, and even asking, you know, how urgent are you? Um, how outspoken? And the cool thing with this book, I mean, it's, I, I think it's in a lot of ways very preachy in terms of, but I, I could care less if somebody's like, I mean, you're, you're going to get judged as a novelist on how you write your skill as a storyteller. And then if if you're a Christian novelist, heaven forbid, you're going to be judged on how you convey your faith, whether it's subtle or blatant or, you know, where, where are you coming from? Like, I mean, it's, and, and I, like, I just, I was like, you know what, this is totally me. When I say totally me, I just one page I'll have like a Spurgeon quote, Along with a Radiohead reference on the same page, and it's totally me. I mean, well, Radiohead more than Spurgeon. Spurgeon's not, but uh, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, but uh, my whole thing is just I do believe that there there are a lot of people that are they would say, well, yeah, I'm a Christian. I mean, I believe in God. Yeah, okay. So is this thing authentic though? And to some people, I I, I don't know if, if it really is authentic, if, if they really, truly, you know, understand the Bible, understand if they have an authentic faith, um, in Jesus Christ and and what that means. And, and so I go back to that word urgency. and, And so in writing this, yeah, it's imagining this future and, um, and in some ways, it was, it was cool to write about it. But also, I mean, after a while, I, it was kind of heavy. It was kind of depressing because it's yeah. like, uh, you know, I mean, it's, um, this is, would not be a good thing to have to, to live through. And, um, but I'm, I'm ultimately kind of trying to see three different viewpoints, like a Christian's viewpoint, somebody who's p- possibly searching, and somebody who is very much anti-God. Very much doesn't believe it. And um, so that's, yeah, it's uh, that's this strange uh, journey to how kind of American Omens even came to life. It'll be interesting to see if if uh, if it is done into series, because, man, I it's like I have all these other stories, plot lines and characters that I imagined. But um, you never know. To bring us back around, in the case of American Omen's,
1: at least from what I understand so far, and just kind of seeing, we'll call it buzz, <laughs> buzz, is, yes, is, that it's it's doing what it's supposed to do. People are getting excited about it, and I, I see the list of comments in the post, you know, that you have where people who follow you are like, wait
2: a minute, <laughs> yeah, and there's excitement. When is that? When is that? Is it already out, or is it coming out soon? Yeah. It actually officially released yesterday. Okay. Uh, and the fun thing about this one, um, the publisher uh, told me a while ago that um, Walmart is took a bunch of copies and they, they did a special edition. Yes, technically yesterday it was the official release date. Really, it's, it's almost like a campaign where it's um, – I counted it up. This is actually – my official 50th book published and that's co-written ghost-written. by about book six or seven friends and family start to get a, a little annoyed when you keep saying, Oh, the, the new release, you know, come yeah. to my signing. People are like, Oh, for the love. So, um, I, I really have tried not to inundate friends and family too much. Um, but with this one, I'm like, look, it's been a while. I want you, if you know me, I go buy a copy, Um, please. Um, You know, I won't annoy you again, but um, I think this, this book is worth doing that. And, but I look at it as like a campaign, meaning, you know, it's, it's not like I do media and talk about it for a couple of weeks and then I forget about it. To me, I see doing more books and hopefully, uh, the publisher will see the same thing. It does well enough. Who knows how many more there will be? American omens two, three. Yes. And, uh, I, it's American omens is a good like uh, you know, the big title, and then you've got the, I've got the titles and and you know, um, the ideas are endless. My two other series I had, the two y a series, the first was a Solitary Tales. That was one story divided into four chunks. And I, I like doing it, but I wouldn't do it now, I don't think, with a series where I end in the middle of the story. Because we live in a culture now, like we can binge watch a whole series on Netflix, you know. People yes. don't like waiting. So this, I very much <laughs> wrote it with that in mind. Like, okay, it is a complete story. You're going to get a beginning, middle, and end. So, yeah, I hope, hope people like it. Um, it'll be it'll be fun to see
1: cool well that was my interview with Travis Thrasher I hope you enjoyed it and I hope it puts you kind of in a frame of mind to want to check out to check out that book and he and I are actually talking about, he's trying to convince the publisher that I should do the audiobook. So I'm hoping that happens. Yeah, that'd be that great. That would be very cool. Yeah. And I loved, I loved this, how he came into that book. It was just kind of a unique way for somebody to get an opportunity. Uh, and I, I hope that it does well enough that it results in other books. So we'll see. We'll see what mm-hmm. happens. No, oh,
0: definitely, and uh, many people may not know that if you if you search Audible or you look up audiobooks, you'll actually Don't find you'll find Joe Brookhouse's name. <laughs>
1: Don't do it. I, I can't. There's a few good books, and there's a and there's um, more books that aren't so hot. But uh, Travis has asked me to um, to start looking at doing some of his books, and so hopefully we'll see some. Higher quality stuff there, but that's a that's a topic for a completely yeah. You can search for me. Um, <laughs> be prepared to be underwhelmed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know we all all think that, but again, it's it's not necessarily your fault if the content isn't that good either,
1: right? It, y- I could always say no. That's the. <laughs> Right, true. Could say no. (laughs) True. Um, Well, and we got more coming up. Um,
0: I know Joe and I have talked to a number of different people um, for different interviews that are coming up. Um, Specifically, I've I've spoken with uh, an author, Dan Darling. He's actually part of uh, Russell Moore's ministry um, with the uh, um, Religious Liberty. Um, commission. Well, basically, it's an arm of the, the Southern Baptist Convention. But um, Dan's done a really good job of being very quiet about being a good author. Uh, he's actually written a number of books, but there was really not a lot of traction until recently. And um, I had the blessing of hanging out with him a couple of years ago. We hosted a conference and he sat at my desk and worked at my desk and actually resigned from his position at my desk.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: I found out afterwards that he was actually changing from being a pastor to working um for the for Russell Moore and used my computer to send it. It's it's funny when I look back at uh very surreal, very yeah, <laughs> surreal. At how yeah, how relationships develop and uh you know, borrowed my van, drove around PEI and um so wrecked it into a ditch. Yeah, yeah. that guy's strange. a jerk. <laughs> the cool thing about PEI is when people come here, I mean, it's all fresh and new and we've got Anne of Green Gables and there's tourism type things. So when people come, it's usually pretty easy to entertain somebody that comes, um, especially when yeah. they're so enthusiastic about something new and fresh. And of course, Canada's, you know, a fun, safe place to be for the most part. Um, so anyways, long story short, um, we know Dan. And we'll be able to have a pretty good candid conversation uh, and the book um, the Dignity Revolution is an incredible book and um, especially for where things are at in the United States um, and it'll be an interesting conversation because not only did he write that book um, but the whole ministry with Russell Moore and, and with what's happening in SBC and TGC and T4G and all the different conferences, there's a lot of focus and emphasis on human dignity and, and abortion. And like, there's a lot to talk about. So I look forward to that conversation because I think he'll provide some good, solid biblical wisdom to that.
1: Some nice lightweight uh, conversation. Yeah. That sounds <laughs> yeah. Cool. This is be well, wonderful.
0: And it's interesting though, because, um, of the way culture is going, because in Canada, we do not value human life. In fact, it's going the other way. Um, not only with abortion, but also with, um, end of life. And I know Joe, you've had experience with that in your own family life and, um, you know, different people have dealt with different aspects of it. Um, you know, Canada's pretty loose when it comes to this stuff. Um, but yeah, there's also another book I'd like to talk to. I think it's Nancy Piercy is her name. I'd like to talk to her. Um, called "Love Thy Body." It's a very articulate, um, theologically driven, but but also um, medically driven. Like there's good factual analysis. Um, if you haven't read the book, I I, I highly recommend it. Uh, it was my first audiobook I ever listened to, and and I listened to the whole thing and did not did not get bored. So um I also suggest for people if they don't like to read do audiobooks. I get through a lot more books doing audio than I ever did holding it in my hand. So there's my little yeah. plug for audiobooks. Um, Thanks
1: man. Thank you. Thanks Well, it's a growing industry and uh, it's worth def- there's definitely some excellent titles out there that become more accessible because they're um because they're now audiobooks, and mm-hmm. if you have a, if, you're, if you exercise or run or which is the same thing, uh, if you're in the car uh, driving around or um, just chilling, mm-hmm. doing the dishes, cleaning the house, whatever, it's nice to put on a book and consume that way.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. So but if I there's went
1: other topic. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was
0: just going to say I went through the effort of actually just getting an Audible account, and you know, I I get a book a month for free, and and I get to. I've got a wish list, and I'm just sort of going through it.
1: No, well, I was just going to say, uh, as we're talking about future topics, we're always open to hearing if there are artists you think we should talk to, topics you think we should address. Hmm. Love to hear from you. Um, shoot us an email at Joe at frequency.fm or Dan at frequency.fm, mm-hmm. and um, we'll we'll give it a, we'll give it a consideration um, and uh, look at it for a future episode.
0: Yeah. So stay connected to us on social media. Um, you know, we're on Twitter and Facebook and all that jazz, or you can email us. Um, but we look forward to hearing from you and, uh, until next time. Bye for now. Choose.